Today we're talking with Sharon Murphy from Wallace Greenhouse. Wallace is a family-owned and operated greenhouse just north of Sherwood Park. Uh, but before I start this interview, I do want to say it was recorded pre-COVID. And so, like many other local businesses, they have adjusted in reaction to the quarantine and pandemic and lockdown. Uh, and so, their physical location is not open for traditional retail shopping. Uh, but like many other places, they have moved to a click-and-collect retail uh, system. And so, without any further ado, uh, this is Sharon Murphy, and I really do hope you enjoy this. Okay, so I'm here today with Sharon Murphy, and she is... Actually, what is your position? I, I'm actually an owner, Okay, but owner. I wear multiple hats. Okay, so. and then, of Wallish Greenhouses... Um, is, is where she is the owner and multiple hat wearer of. <laughs> so yeah, what, what are some of those hats then? All right, so um, I do all the seeding as well as I'm the lead grower as far as perennials go, but lead grower under Glenn, who was our massively lead grower. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also do, um, I um, handle retail along with Dan. We manage the retail okay. area and um and then i manage perennials and i also do the blogging and the social media for the greenhouse cool mm. so when you say like you're seeding and growing you guys mm. grow and like everything in-house exactly we grow everything we sell except for one item so we're kind of like a bakery where yeah. we grow everything and then we sell it all and that is the end of the season cool and so you're not having, so you don't have stuff like shipped in on trucks. Is that like kind of normally what greenhouses would do or do most greenhouses all grow in-house? You know, there has been over the years just a mixed bag of what greenhouses are doing now. And some ship in a lot of their inventory, some ship in a little. Um, so it all depends on what mix works best for each mm -hmm. greenhouse or garden center. Cool. So, um, like, what would make Wallish greenhouses unique? Kind of besides the you know growing everything in house, not um, what? What are some of the other kind of cool, fun things about Wallish? Well, what we find fun is that um, our history. We have quite a legacy in our greenhouse. Where last um, last year we celebrated a hundred years of growing together as a family, cool. and um, we really do enjoy as well trying to help people find their soil mate. We like to match people up <laughs> and marry people up with the plants that they need. So we really liked, another thing is we love to teach people how to grow successfully, grow well, and um, yes, and match people up the best we can so they can move on for a great relationship with their soil mate. <laughs> So uh, when somebody's looking for their soil mate, what, yeah. what are some of the things that they, they should be looking for? Typically, we'll ask where that person is planning to put it. So mm -hmm. it's always good to have a plan in place of what you'd like to do. Like sometimes people want a container garden, but it's always good to know where you want to put that container. And then another thing that we'll ask is how much sunshine, how many hours of sunshine does it get? And um, we don't say, is it a partial shade? Because it's so confusing, right? So yeah. 
know how many hours of sunshine. It could be yeah. zero, but then we know it's a full shade area and then we can move on to recommend what does grow well in shade. Or if you're in the butt hot sun, can you say that on this? Sure. If you're in the butt hot sun, it is just super hot, then as well, then we can again match you up, you know, like 12 hours, 16 hours of sunshine, it's hot. Yeah. Then we can match you up with those plants that'll live in those kinds of, um, of environments. Cool. So when somebody is planning their garden, um, and as we kind of go into planting season, mm-hmm. they, uh, so I'm guessing a good place to start would be how many hours of sun exactly. that this is going to get, and then that can let them know exactly kind of the plants that they want. Yeah, how many hours of sun. And then another really important thing to know is whether that area is a windy spot or not. Wind okay. has a lot of effect on how well plants will grow. So we always say, know three things, where you're going to put it, mm-hmm. how many hours of sunshine or not. Mm-hmm. And then whether it's a windy area. Okay, cool. And so the where you're going to put it, would that be kind of like indoor, outdoor, or is it... Our specialty is more outdoor. Yeah. Like ours, our niche is annuals and perennials. Okay. And it's a tight niche, but Edmonton being as large as it is, it works really well as we can grow, again, everything on location. You know, like trees, we'd have to grow for years at a time. Totally. But what we like, just fill the greenhouses and then... And then market them. Cool. Yeah. So the just quick, even for me, the, what's the difference between an annual and a perennial? I'm okay, not... so an annual you plant annually, so you have to plant plant it yearly. Every year you need to plant it. Okay. So think of perennial. Somebody who's a perennial pain, they stick around, <laughs> <laughs> right? They stick around. So perennials typically. Come back year after year. Okay. And um, as well, when you think about perennials, it's not like diamonds. Like diamonds are forever, but perennials are not <laughs> always forever. There are biennials that only last for two years. There are short-lived perennials and there are very long-lived perennials, something like a peony. Everybody remembers their grandmother's peonies, right? Peonies live for 70 years or more. So, um, so within that, and then for our area as well, you need to know what our zone is so you can get our horticultural zone. What mm-hmm. zone are you in, Jordan? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so you need to know what horticultural zone that you're going to be planting in so you can get the correct match. And so that would be kind of, you know, your your garden regulations of what you're allowed and not uh, not allowed to plant. Is that kind of what you're saying? No, not really. A horticultural zone, like um, all of North America, all of the world actually, has oh. been split up into horticultural okay. zones with maximum and minimum temperatures. Yeah. And um, generally, like we use the minimum temperature as our guideline. So um, we'd say, well, Edmonton is generally a zone three Okay. There are some zone fours that you can get away with, but not all. And then if you're a zone, if we're a zone three, then a zone two and a zone one rated plant will grow in that area. Actually, we're putting up a blog either this week or next week about what is a horticultural zone and how do we use it and and how did they start? Why do they exist? Cool. So, yeah, by the time this goes live, that blog will probably already be up or would they be able to to read that and find it? On our blog, on our website. On your blog? And so that's just wallishgreenhouses.ca? Awesome. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Perfect. I'm excited to read that because I learned something new. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to plants, I have no green thumb. And you can ask my wife all about that. (laughs) But you can get a green thumb. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, what would be some some good starting places for, say, somebody like myself Mm -hmm. who has... 
no green thumb at all right. to be able to, you know, say that this spring I want to start like a little, little, just a small little garden, little space. Right. What would be kind of some recommendations? So gardening 101, again, where are you, where is your garden? Like what kind of sun exposure do you have? Mm-hmm. Do you want to grow flowers? Do you want to grow a perennial? So do you want to grow an annual or a mix? Or do you want to grow vegetables? Or do you want to just mix them all together? So um, once you know like where you want it, it's always good to come up with a plan. Like be a student of your yard and come up with ideas and plans of things you love to grow. Like maybe you have just a favorite color. And then once you know if it's a sunny area, then we, you know we can find you or you can find things that'll grow in that area. So cool. it's always being a student of your yard, be a student of your space, and then with that information, then from there you can move forward. You know, it's kind of like um, you're a tech guy. Mm-hmm. So you go, okay, I want to increase my sound capacity. I want a better microphone, that kind of yeah. thing. Well, then you research about what are good microphones, what are the you know, what are the reviews, that kind of thing. Yeah. So in everything we do, if we want to do it well, we always do some research. Totally. And that's and then once you're equipped with that, then you can move forward. And it's always baby steps at a time, right? You don't go from a little lapel, you know, you don't usually start with that really cool mic you know you start with probably a little yeah. small lapel mic and you go this isn't working anymore so then that's yeah. you know that's kind of the same thing for for planting as well cool yeah so yeah just start start at the basics figure out where you're going to be be planting yeah. and then work off of that yeah and if you have a dream like do you have a dream you go oh i would love to have fresh herbs for my cooking or for my salads or whatever and then right away then okay so what kind of herbs do you like and how can you know how can we equip you or what you know what would you like to love basil okay why don't you grow some basil you know you guys have mint for all the the mojito yes and you don't need you actually don't need especially mojito mint like mint mint it all works mint is good i know amber (laughs) amber had a little mint plant and she made a couple dishes that were delicious i know with with the homegrown stuff yeah Actually, I think last summer I helped my mom on Mother's Day plant her um, all of her vegetables and stuff, and then I got to I got to enjoy all of right the on. harvest of I that. Mean, there's nothing better than fresh no. vegetables. It is. Yeah. There is. It's so. I don't. It just tastes so much better. And I don't even know the word to describe the flavor. It just feels like it tastes lighter, better, feel, more colorful. Yeah. It, it almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is what is that word that we're trying to grasp? But Yes. I think it, it too, it's, there's just something about like eating something that you grew. Yes. Like I made this. Yes. Exactly. Kind of like making bread from yes. scratch. Like if, if you make bread from scratch and you're like, oh, this bread, this is just so much better. I, I yes. made it myself. Totally. Like I can't tell you like the thing, like we, in our greenhouse, like we just kind of, of laugh. It's like, if you want to find the men, they're at the tomato bench and they talk across <laughs> each other and they're going to talk about their... Oh, you should have seen my tomatoes. You should see my, you know, and, and yeah, the okay. tomatoes are a big thing. Men love to grow tomatoes, and I think it's that same look. I grew this, and it's delicious. Yeah, thing. yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so for somebody who you know they might live in an apartment, mm-hmm. um, and they want to start their own like kind of little garden thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any recommendations for maybe like a kind of an outside kind of porch little box or community gardens? 
Well, what would you kind of recommend? You know what? For that? That's actually a good idea. Like community gardens are always an option. Mm-hmm. In Edmonton, there's quite a few. So yeah. that could work. Or if you actually just want to grow some, so we're talking food, right? Yeah, vegetables if you want like a, a little garden um, vegetable. You know, there's plenty of vegetables that will actually just grow in pots. Or you could do, um, you know, like the window boxes. I wouldn't do a shallow window box. I would do a deeper window box. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of things. Like we already talked about herbs. Um, there's even variety of pea, varieties of peas that will grow in containers. Um, you could grow carrots in a window box. You know, just make sure it's deep enough. But um, corn, not so much. But, you know, just the simple <laughs> stuff. <Stop. I> <laughs> this is my mixed container of, this is my pizza bowl with the tortillas too because I have the corn in there. <laughs> so anyways, yes. Okay, so carrots, not corn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's very possible. And it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. We, yeah. So, um, and then, so for somebody then kind of like on a smaller budget, they mm-hmm. kind of, maybe they're wanting to redo their garden this summer, mm-hmm. um, but they're on a bit of a tighter budget. What, are, what would be some tips for still making it look full, make it look colorful, um, but just kind of catering to, to keeping it on the more budget friendly side? Okay. So if we're talking flowers, six packs are still the best budget um way to go okay um so you get six plants in a six pack that's the yeah by far um if you're talking geraniums um i would go again with like a six pack of seed geraniums budget friendly they'll go a long way they grow big um yeah that kind of thing and then potentially even doing some seeding like um sweet peas if you get them started you know, end of April-ish, mm-hmm. beginning of May, then they'll climb up and trellis and that's just a package of seeds. Yeah, those always look cool. I always yeah. thought those look Another really cool. thing that's really good to grow, easy to grow from seed is nasturtiums and nasturtiums are edible. Oh, cool. So you can eat them in salad. They taste a little peppery. But Yum. Yeah, and they're just lovely as well. Cool. Nice. And so you mentioned kind of like planting time and so for the sweet peas, you say kind of get those in end of april early may yeah because they will um sweet peas grow well in cool just like okay. peas grow better in cold so um you know the beginning of may get those kind going nice last cool week of spring. april yeah they could take it um you know and it depends on the every spring has its own personality and it depends mm-hmm. on that too but yeah definitely with um, sweet peas you can get those started early okay. so for the for the other stuff then when would you kind of say start start planting and put putting like the the flowers in the garden okay so i think that's always kind of fluid because you have to watch and see what the temperatures are like right um my dad always tells a story that what you if you really want to figure out whether you should plant or not dig a plant dig a hole that's about 12 inches deep stand in it for four hours and then you'll know (laughs) whether the soil is warm enough (laughs) to plant so yeah, there you go. And so um, if, you, if you can make it the four hours, then you know yeah, you can plant, yeah, but if you can't, yeah, just, okay. And bare feet, bare feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then you'll know. Okay, because then you, it does depend on soil temperature. Yeah. And I think for okay. Edmonton, like sometimes we have had really early springs where you can be planting like the second week of May with a, a large level of confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for a typical spring, probably um, planting out, again, it depends, like whether the soil's warm enough but i would say 
really the earliest with some confidence is the third week in May. So that's like May long weekend ish, mm-hmm. the weekend after. And then um, my grandfather, who kind of started this whole thing, he always said he felt confident planting by June 9th. So, you know, sometimes people, and I, I get people wanting to get the planting done and have it over and done with, but in totally. those, like when you plant this the third week, the fourth week in May, it's you do have to watch the lows, mm-hmm. you know, the overnight lows. And if it's going to, you know, it's going to be like plus four, I would still be tempted to cover up. And, you know, some people are good with that. And, um, you know, and the further you get in, the closer you get to June, then again, like the evening lows aren't quite as low. And uh, so that's kind of my very wide recommendation of when to plant. So it'd be kind of what would be a good temperature then to look for is that that evening low, that overnight low yeah. to be able to to plant. So, then yeah, yeah, that's what I would check. And then all as well, seriously. So, so, so what 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 degree then would you would you look for that it's gonna? Well, you never want it to go below zero. Okay. But I would say <sighs> plants are generally going to be safe at plus five, plus six, plus seven, plus eight. So, you know, I never want to say, oh, planted it, you know, if it's going to be plus five, it's safe. But then you got to remember, plus five in the middle of Edmonton can translate to two degrees at the airport. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's going to be minus one in Camrose, you know, so. So kind of really like how specific, just kind of make sure you're. And, you know, how close are you to the river? Yeah. You know, because the river has a warming effect. It also has a cooling effect and stuff, but it has a warming effect. And are you in a valley as opposed to a hill? Because, you know, so I would say... A lot of nuance to it. I know. Yes, there is. So I would say I'm more comfortable with plus eight. Plus eight? Yes, I am. Because... This is the thing is you got to be careful what you say. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) So you told me that would work. (laughs) Take a thermometer, put it outside. Yes. See how low it gets. You know, have those like, you know, those solar thermometers, you know, the ones that tell you what the temperatures Mm. are out there. The nuclear ones are whatever. Each house is a little little unique. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you mentioned your your grandfather started mm-hmm. this. So uh, let's talk a little bit of j- just about the the history. Did it start Wallace Greenhouse? Did it start in Canada? Yes. So my grandfather and my grandmother started the whole growing tradition. Um, a lot, of, you know, a lot of people back then did the whole market garden, you know, market mm-hmm. garden, you grow the vegetables, take it to market. And then another thing they did, though, is people did have gardens. So what they would do is they would grow vegetable starter plants because you got to get a jump start. We only have 115 frost free. So, you know, there there are crops like things like cabbage that take a long time to grow cauliflower so like the coal crops they're a good crop to plant as a transplant as opposed Mm -hmm. to just seeding them so people would like to get a jump start on that and that's sort of how that whole tradition started and then my father charlie he went to the vermilion school of agriculture and that's where he learned more about greenhousing because they did have the greenhouses to start some of those things another thing they did you know greenhouses weren't buildings like this they were like flat and then you know maybe this high up and angled and they would use old um, windows and stuff and then would lift it up and then grow in there and they would actually in the spring they would um, seed lettuce blends Mm -hmm. for fresh greens 
and no kidding, there were fistfights on the market for the last thing <laughs> of fresh greens. Because like we have fresh greens all, all winter long, right? Yeah. Because of trucking and stuff, but that didn't happen back then. So um, yeah, that's one of the things they did too. Crazy. So now then we're they, just, hmm? sorry, continue, sorry. Oh, so it was like a rudimentary yeah. greenhouse. And then my father went to Vermilion School of Agriculture, Charlie, and then that's where they expanded. And, and all those things always morph, like family mm-hmm. businesses, even like the family business that was back in the 60s when he officially got involved to even what we're doing now, like you just keep morphing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't morph, you will die Yeah, as a business. Totally. It's cool. So then how long have you been kind of the owner and multiple hat wearer? Multiple hat, well, <laughs> officially about 20 years, but I grew up in it. Like okay. With yeah. you know, at the heels of my father, and um, every Saturday would go and work together as a family, and then um, I took a little hiatus. I became a nurse, and then um, although horticulture was always my first love, and then my brother took it over. My brother Glenn took it over mm-hmm. from my dad, and then he invited my husband and Dan and mm-hmm. I to join he and his wife Louise, and then we came up in two thousand. So that make it 20 years. Cool. Hmm. That's an exciting <laughs> milestone. Yeah. 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 Cool. And so that'd be 20. Well, yeah, I guess too. That's kind of, you know, you'd probably just grew up in it like somebody on a farm. Yes. I grew up just yes. regular chores, feeding the cows, yeah. kind of all of those mm-hmm. things. It was watering plants and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you actually wrote a cool book as well, kind of from the perspective of you as a, a as like a child with your father. Actually, that it is um, a children's book that I wrote. Actually, keep talking. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so this children's book I wrote, um, I wrote to celebrate the anniversary, and the main character is my father. One of the main characters is my father Charlie, and he is taking two of his real life grandchildren. One is um, named Emerson, and the other one is Morgan. And um, he takes them for a tour of the greenhouse and talks about why a greenhouse is a perfect place to grow plants. But at the end of the book, so he talks about the the big five things that plants need to grow healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the book, the girls are challenged to find their own perfect place for their plants. Their their plant soil mate yeah they gotta find their soil mate exactly so, actually i did get the book for christmas <laughs> nice yeah this nice. was a christmas gift from my mom and it is a right beautifully illustrated book it is yeah it is a wonderful book i highly recommend it it's really uh-huh. cool like especially if you have kids yes yeah and my good friend Wanda Benchard, she illustrated it, and she's just a talented, talented artist. It oh, the, was, the pictures in it are beautiful. She did such a good job. Yeah. The whole process was, the creative process was so fun. That's yeah. good. You think you would ever do another one? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I love the process. Um, marketing books is not easy. No, it's it's hard. Yeah. I, I've had a it couple is, friends it is, books. It is a there. whole new ball of wax but um nonetheless i did it as well to celebrate our 100th anniversary mm-hmm. and like to honor my dad surprise my dad mm-hmm. and um was he what? surprised he was surprised yeah. yes did he like it he liked it he, but he thought we made his nose a little big in there. <laughs> <laughs> we did our best i'm like you know i made you i made you thinner okay <laughs> 
<laughs> you were a little portly, you know. She started one and started off you being a little portly. And you know what? I stuck up for you and I made you skinnier. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank me for that. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, can I get back, back to garden health? Sure. Um, what, what would be some indicators of, you know, a knowing, you know, your garden's healthy um, and just kind of flourishing versus kind of what would be indicating that your garden's not healthy, that it's, well, I guess, kind of dead plants a would be a, <laughs> dead a, a plants good indicator. Be an indicator. <laughs> um, generally. So um, the color, the color okay. green is always an indicator. Mm-hmm. So, um, gen- you know, unless a, unless a plant has really light green foliage, okay, you're looking for like a deep green leaf color and um, no burning, no yellowing on the tips or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like there are cycles with leaves and leaves do die back. Um, and another thing is um, a healthy garden, if it's a flower garden, should be blooming, floor, just bloom, continuing to bloom and blooming a lot and mm-hmm. healthily. So those, those would be, and then, you know, like your vegetables produce, like your pea, you know, like you're growing Is my peas. lettuce making lettuce? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so those would be the indicators. Just healthy, robust. Um, if you have skinny, spindly growth, that's an indicator of there's either a fertilizer issue or it's a light issue too, like if mm-hmm. it, like the stretching to try to get to the light. Um, and yeah, like just kind of languishing and, and they're not like they're not robust they're not full yeah there you go full healthy that kind of thing cool so it'd be some then tips kind of you know if you notice that you are getting some of that um stretching Mm -hmm. skinny kind of stuff uh what would be some some things that you could do to kind of make bring it back to kind of being a little bit more more of a healthy garden okay so if leaf color is starting to pale then um, fertilizer, fertilizer okay. is the fix. Um, there's lots of fertilizers out there on the market. Um, um, there's organic fertilizers, there's natural fertilizers, and then there's you know, more chemical base. So when you look at fertilizer, do you want to talk about those numbers? Yeah, let's, let's get in. What, what are okay. we looking for when so we're buying fertilizer? Three, there's three big numbers you see, you know, and it'll be like 20, 20, and they'll be big, you know? Yeah. And those are the macronutrients that are involved in the fertilizer. Okay. And um, the first one is nitrogen. Mm-hmm. So when you look at those numbers, think up, down, and all around. Up, down, up, all around. down, and all around. Okay. So the first number is nitrogen, yeah. N for nitrogen, and think up. So nitrogen's so, going to take us up. It's above the soil. Okay. Above the soil growth. So you Mm -hmm. have the green, leafy growth. Okay. So if like, if you were growing a lawn, Mm -hmm. okay, you do like, you'd be something like, I'm just making this up, like 30, 0, 0. Okay. So you want lots of Green growth. Right. Okay. So the middle one is P. P is for phosphorus. Okay. Down. Okay. Below the soil. Okay, so, so we got that is getting into our roots. Down, yeah. Okay. So root development, but it also does influence flower development. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So that's up, down, and then K is potassium. That's the third all one. Around. All around. So that's okay. all around health, and you know, like having a robust immune system, overall health, 
and it also affects vegetable flavor. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing like more phosphorus, will be more flavor. Typically, kinda, kinda. Okay. You know, we have to keep it in some kind of balance, and you'll see like tomato fertilizers have a different combo than others, mm-hmm. and it's actually the percentage by weight. So if you have 20, 20, 20, it's mm-hmm. 20% nitrogen, yeah. 20% phosphorus, 20% potassium by weight. And you go, oh, where's the other 40%, right? Oh, yeah, I guess that is only... Where's the other yeah. 40%? Now there's... That's some good math. Carrier substances. <laughs> so there's carrier substances and there also can be like micronutrients like okay. the zinc and, the, and that other stuff. But um, so then... If you're looking for a formula for flowering plants, we actually, our favorite is 2020 because it's even and it's balanced and it's lovely. But you'll find Miracle Grow. Miracle Grow is like 15, 30, 15 to like, it's about the blooming, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, more, um, there's more phosphorus in that. And then there's other ones that's 10, 10, 10, and that's a slower release fertilizer, but okay. it's all out there. Cool. So, so that's the fertilizer. So up, down, all around. Up, down, and all around. So, um, so yeah, if you're noticing like the paling fertilizer, and then like read the package directions mm-hmm. and apply it, but don't do a higher concentration. Don't, then I would say just do it once a week. You should see a change within a few days and don't do it like every day because then you're going to get to the other <laughs> end of the scale and you're going to start burning them because there's so much fertilizer salt in there. Okay. Um, another thing with um, like tall spindly growth, again, that is as well. Yeah, which it could be reaching for sun. Yeah, not enough light. Well done. Well done. Not I'm enough light. taking notes. I, I, I'm going <laughs> to, Amber and I, we're going to make like competing gardens and I, I need an edge. <laughs> And then too, like if like there is the natural thing, like if you have dead flowers, then like deadhead them. Okay. Maintenance, you know. Yeah. And if they are getting like super spindly, you can pinch them back, so then they'll bush out. So, I think those would be the main things. Okay. Yeah. So fertilize, deadhead, and pinch back. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and enough light. And make sure they get enough light. Another thing you can do actually mm-hmm. is, um, and then for weed maintenance, mulch is my favorite. Like uh, the magic of mulch, so you know. How, so like mulch, that's like wood chips. Yeah, wood chips exactly. Um, or just um, it could be like yeah, ground up bark, things like that. And I'm a fan of mulch. Not everyone is a fan of mulch. Some people think mulch attracts bugs or whatever. I that's never been my experience. But um, mulch really does, it's like a top dressing for the soil. Mm-hmm. And you could do like a layer of about three inches at the, you know, just around your plants. And um, what it does is it helps keep the roots cooler. Okay. It keeps the moisture in and it keeps the weeds down. Oh, cool. And if weeds do come up, they just have to push through the mulch and they're like so easy to take out. And it just really reduces garden maintenance by tons. Okay, so I am mulching any garden <laughs> yes, I make. Mulch. I love uh, mulch. But yeah, okay, so you're you're kind of talking a little bit about soil. Mm-hmm. So what, say, you know, somebody's digging a new garden. Okay. How would they want to kind of layer their soil or, you know, are they wanting to put in kind of the fishy, uh, uh, the, oh. the peat stuff oh, or okay. like topsoil? Like to what, amend soil? Yeah, what, like what, what are some of the differences when you're looking for soil? Okay. Well, generally, like, topsoil is, like, usually just fine to grow in. Um, but 
like the okay this is kind of organic okay <laughs> so you want your soil to be kind of loose and loamy and not packed because soil is actually about the air spaces in it interesting so soil i have a video on soil on our website so soil um yes soil helps soil anchors roots but as well you need to have air pockets in the soil so that it can hold water and it can hold the nutrients and fertilizer but there also is nutrients in soil as well Mm -hmm. but um sometimes you can just um i think overthink soil um in that you want to add like sea soil but i mean there's like it's always good to amend your soil and so it's that loamy again loose um getting that gritty space exactly gritty so you don't want to plant in clay because clay can't even you know you can't hold any water at all yeah that kind of thing so um but it's good to amend your soil i would never recommend peat moss because peat moss when it gets too dry it's like trying to rehydrate concrete Okay. So then sea soil is great. Or you can even just use like a good potting soil yeah. to throw in there just to give it that that um, airiness and that, that kind of texture that is really optimal for growing plants. Cool. Yeah. So kind of last question. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming up on, on growing season. Mm-hmm. Where would people be able to go to, like, where, where's Wallish Greenhouses? Where, right. where are people going to, to go buy these, these plants and... Learn all this information, figure all out right. what they're planting. We are located on the north end of Sherwood Park. So to find okay. us, just from Highway 16, east or west, but we are on the east side of the river, Highway okay. 16 and Clover Bar Road. Yeah. You And then you get off Highway 16, Clover Bar Road, head north, yeah. not towards Sherwood Park, but north. Okay, north. And then we are a quarter mile on the north side of Highway 16 just before you get to the CN tracks. Okay, so if you go over train tracks, you've gone too far. Exactly. Okay. Awesome. And then where would people be able to kind of find you on social media if they have some more kind of tailored questions to their garden or their stuff? Where would they be able to? Um, we are on Facebook okay. and we're on Instagram and as well, we have our website. Yeah, your website, which we your blog with about. your videos. Yeah, and then we have our contact form there and you can, and that goes directly to my desk. Okay. Um, we just love to help people grow well. Yeah. And um, if you have questions or if people are looking for support in any way, looking for some awesome plants or awesome ideas, if they don't have any or they're just, you know, at a spot where they, they need that, we love to be a resource for people. Okay. And make growing fun simple and wildly successful there you go and that's uh like wallishgreenhouses.ca again Mm -hmm. and then at wallishgreenhouses for facebook and instagram yeah perfect okay awesome thank you so much for your time it was so fun to be here with you i yeah this was i learned a lot i feel like you know what i i might be able to take amber on and maybe we'll have like a little she's got her little garden i'll have mine we'll have our little competition see who's (laughs) who's <laughs> can grow better let me be the judge okay <laughs> okay thank you sharon so much my pleasure
Thank you for listening to this interview with Sharon. Again, you can find Wallace Greenhouse on social media at Wallace Greenhouse and check out their flowers. I highly recommend them. They are where my mom buys all of her flowers every year. So yeah, go to wallacegreenhouses.ca, find some stuff. If you haven't gotten your Mother's Day shopping done, maybe you can just grab a gift card. I, I, I can't spoil what I'm doing for my mom for Mother's Day. Might be something along those lines. Uh, but again, yeah, thank you for listening to this, and I will see you in the next episode.